0: Good day, welcome to the Offsiders Football Podcast. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. We hope you enjoy. Don't forget to follow us on our socials, at the Offsiders Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter. Cheers, guys.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Offsiders Podcast. Today, we're going to be covering game week nine of the Premier League. Um, and yeah, let's get straight into it, starting with
0: the Chelsea game. So, uh, it was a... Uh, a good way to cap off a forty-goal game week, forty-plus-goal <laughs> game week, quite literally, um, and it—it it was very easily the most Norwich thumping you've ever seen in your life. I, I can count. I can't even count on both my hands how many times Norwich have conceded seven. <laughs> Whipping boys. Um, I mean, you've seen Liverpool do it basically every season there in the Premier League. Now Chelsea are having a go. I mean this it's literally uh, just the town bicycle at this point, unfortunately. City with five nil. <laughs> um, so yeah it was um, obviously it was a big win and it was um, a lot a lot of that a lot of that seven nil was put down to Mason Mount and his his, his hat trick. Um, and unfortunately I can't say that I'm a big fan of Mason Mount. He did play very very well his first goal was 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 a fantastic finish. Um, he got very lucky with the penalty that he got to retake and almost missed twice. Um and then his last goal, you know, it was it was it was training ground finish. Um so I'm not a massive fan of him, but a hat trick's a hat trick, you know. Again we spoke about uh Mino when he scored his hat trick against Watford, where it was it wasn't a fantastic performance. He definitely wasn't the best player on the field. But um three goals. Three goals. You know, I mean it's it's you don't you don't score every a hat trick every week, you know mm-hmm. And it was a hat tr- it was a weekend of hat tricks, <laughs> so um, to be part of that is was 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 big for him. Um, H- Hudson Adore obviously the 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 exclusion of Lukaku was was a problem simply because uh, probably stuffed up everyone's FPL. Um, but um, Hudson Adore bagging bagging the first goal, um, a good goal, very very good goal. It was um, lovely through ball, and he finished really really well past goal. So it, it's nice to see Hudson-Odoi back in the team and doing well. Um, I think Chelsea will want to avoid Tammy, Tammy Abraham's situation as much as possible um, and regretting his, his, his form that he's in at the moment. And then Rich James also back on goal-scoring form. I mean, when he scores goals, he's, he thumps them. He doesn't just score goals. He, like, he absolutely wrecks them. So, and it was exactly the same this time where he just absolutely put in the back of the net. Uh, Chilwell with another stunner. He's basically a left winger. I mean that, but I think one thing to talk about about Chelsea is is their their fullback flexibility is exquisite. I think like being able Five to have have James, having Alonso, who is who is in such who was in such good form, being replaced by Chilwell, who is in even better form. Like that's just it's not often heard of. So I think that they're very very lucky to have such a a widespread. Um, Uh, choice you know like a plethora of of players that can come in and do the job extensively well every single game week without 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 a doubt Um, and I think what's nice to see from Tukul as well is that he's he's embraced this this flexibility and he's used to the best of his ability where he hasn't played a system that that doesn't include these players or includes them but doesn't use them to their full potential where now he's he's shifted to a back three where those two fullbacks are going to be doing a lot of the attacking a lot of the time. So it's nice, it's, it's, it's almost fresh to see a, a manager who's really, really using the most out of all of his players mm. as much as he can. And one of the commentators, I can't exactly remember who said it during the game, but they mentioned that Tuchel has given everyone a chance. You know, he's think about how many players you've seen on that Chelsea side. Random right. players, Papasar, you see Chalaba. Players like Chalabo, who, who gave he's, a chance. This
2: in the number of people who have scored in their team from different yeah. players. It's yeah. they're, bad, they're, like, highest, they they bad like
0: the highest their highest scorer is is has like three goals. You know, I think it's I think it's Mount and Lukaku are are in are part at the moment, which says not that they're not scoring goals because they've scored twenty seven goals, but yeah. the fact that they they've spread those goals across the entire team. everyone's interesting players. Yeah, something course. something stupid like yeah, that. You know? crazy. Which is which shows that everyone's getting a chance. And if you take that chance, you get starting. You 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 play. You know. I mean, mm-hmm. Chalobah is again one of those really really good examples where he was given a chance in a time where they needed him, and he took that chance with both hands, and he's just kept on performing. You know. We talk about the 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 tactical ability that's spread out across all the players. I think Lukaku is also one of those really good examples where he's. He's almost a striker that's not meant to score goals. Like obviously, he's meant to score goals. Everyone's meant to score goals, but in his the way that Tuchel's been using him is that the ball goes into him and then out from him.
3: He's more of a target man than a finisher. Exactly.
0: So he he gets the ball, lays it off, someone else scores. You know that type of thing. So as much as he's been out of form, he's been <clears throat> in the sense of almost every single goal that Chelsea have scored. You know he's he's had played some kind of a part in it, whether it's even if it's not a direct goal involvement. Like That's pre assist. He's had uh, yeah, exactly. He's had that, that pass before the assist or he's had the he's bodied off one of the defenders before he passed the ball, before they score, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I think the, the what's nice about that kind of position is that it's easily filled. So I found that Kai Havertz wasn't great. He he was I don't know, he seemed a bit he seemed a bit blunt. I and mean, he he was trying to be too forward with it. And I think he wasn't he, he wasn't move like he wasn't mm. trying to distribute as much as yeah, possible. He wasn't playing his game. He was playing a striker. Exactly. Game. He was not. He, yeah. yeah. he was played slightly out of position, but I think he was his what, what in his mind what he was trying to do is just be an out and out striker, which isn't you know that's not yeah. his that's not his best. As soon as they brought Barkley on, Barkley t- took the ball, carried the ball, and then was creating the chances, and he looked a lot more effective than Havertz did in that time, and I think that's just one of those things that comes down to, to being able to to read the game and understand what your role in the game is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 7-0, no, I mean, it's kind of... And if
2: I could just add one last thing. Um, when you look at Chelsea, they're a team who, who really wants this mm. very badly. And it's not just in the team, it's it's with Tuchel as well. Like, they were winning 5-0, and that man was still on the sidelines screaming to mm. the whole team, instructing yeah. them, yeah. telling them what to do. And we'll discuss a bit more of it later, but if you compare that uh, kind of style to Oli's style where he just sits there and looks at people, yeah. then that's the star that's, star the, star that's the difference of the team who's at the top and that's the difference yeah. about the team who's in eighth.
1: Now we're going to mo- move on to Luke with the Arsenal Aston Villa
3: Okay, so honestly, it was a, a top performance from Arsenal. Completely run run the game from from the get go, and it was it was good to see because you could start, you could start to see the an actual team forming like the team cohesion is coming together, like there was a work ethic, they were physically dominant in the midfield, winning those 50-50s, which you like to see, and I think I think a lot of it comes down to which you can see is a good or bad thing that Arsenal doesn't have any European form, but they're almost given extra days to training. Get a plan together, and I think that's also helping Arteta to really formulate this how he wants the team to play. And I think in this game it really showed. And oh, the, the the goals are also not too not too shabby. With Thomas Partey scoring his his first goal for the club. On his first shot, he was unlucky, he hit in the post, and then second shot, nice little little glance and hit it in one of the players i would like to bring up is smith rowe also oh, what a boy man oh. man is really filling that that number 10 out very nicely score uh, yeah scoring and assisting during the game a bit bit lucky with the deflection for the goal but nevertheless he got into the position and ran it all the way in and a nice little assist from the corner for party but watching the game it, it was a lot more than just that him scoring an assist in he very much runs the show in the midfield there Yeah. Mm. He likes to be, he likes to pick up the ball and he likes to run with it. Yeah, definitely. Like he can he can do the progressing the ball forward by passing or run with it, which is something great that you want to have in a midfielder. And then another player is uh, Tommy yasu Oh, also, man, the man's looking like a fantastic fullback right now. Every, every game he's playing, he just keeps on getting better.
1: The stark contrast between him and in last season is just no. insane. The night,
3: yeah. and day, really.
0: I think the difference between the, the major difference between those two. I think Bellerin on a good day was probably one of my favourite Arsenal players uh, for, for a long, long time. Yeah. He was, he was just everything he did on a great day when he was when he was playing properly was beautiful. Yeah, he, he defended really well. He was quick. He was he had great attacking work rate, but the problem is he was dreadfully inconsist- inconsistent. Week yeah. in and week out, you kind of had to guess whether he was going to show up on the pitch. And it was unfortunate because he, if he kept his consistency, he could have definitely been one of, the best, one of the better fullbacks in the league. And I think that's what Tommy Asu brings to the table, is that he might not be the best all round. He does everything really, really well, but he's consistent. He's played four games now in a row now, if I'm not mistaken. And, and each of those games, he's looked like the exact same player. He's done the exact same thing. You know what to expect from him. You know where he's going to go. You know what he's going to do. And I think that's, just, that's a start to bringing the team together. And you can rely on each player to do their job and they're not going to be sporadic and do all kinds of nonsense, you know, so,
1: yeah.
3: Yeah, and sp- speaking about, like, the team coming together, like, I, w- I wouldn't say it slated Arsenal for their business, but, like, at the, the end of the transfer, they, they, they kind of brought in just young players and then marquee sign was really Ben White. But now, coming into, like, the, the thick point in the middle of the season... You, these young players are starting to come into the side and really make an A with themselves in the side 11. Tommy Tomiyasu, Lekonga in the midfield next to Partey looks fantastic in there. Various also, like these, all these players are all starting to show, show their worth and show that they're more than just this young player, that age doesn't matter and they're really taking up that first team spot. We
0: have the youngest average age, was yeah. like 20, 24.8 years oh, or something. Like that. it's, it's it's yeah, a year crazy. it's
2: a year younger than the next closest. Of no, I and and uh, this is it's something it's a funny topic because in the beginning of the season when Arsenal was doing so badly, that was the argument for why they were doing so badly. There was is that no they experience. Were, there was yeah. no experience, and they had just invested in the future. But now it seems that because they were playing so often with each other, they mm-hmm. they gained this this. Um, confidence yeah. and experience with with each other much quicker than we Almost kind of
3: almost that lack of mm-hmm. squad depth is kinda of helping that first team kind of solidify themselves yeah.
0: together. Forcing them to You speak about lack of squad depth, but I think one of the biggest signings, one of the most important signings that we made was Tavares. Mm-hmm. Simply because in previous seasons if if Tierney got injured, we had to put Saka or you put there was times where Xhaka yeah. played in left back. You know, in the she middle does. of a game we've made we've made defensive subs, Dreadful. we have to put Jaka in the left back, you know. It's it's a massive problem. Now that we have Tavares who's an s- absolutely solid player doing the most and plays a very similar style to Tierney, where he is injured from the previous game week, slots in and almost again that consistency comes yeah. through where you can rely on the player. It's not like he's it's, he's completely out of out of position or he's not played he hasn't played for a month and a half, you know, kind of thing. So I think there is definitely a lack of squad depth, but what's nice about it is that you're you're building on
3: the squad exactly campaign. it's getting
0: there yeah. it's it's definitely getting there so yeah.
3: and two more things i just want to touch on the aston villa goal oh. <laughs> from, from from ramsey oh, yes. what, a, um, what a banger is looking like a really promising uh, yeah you, you had a second opportunity to almost do the exact same thing but scuffed it wide but what a great goal yeah
0: listen i i mean that went in and I wasn't even mad. Yeah, if, ah. you, if you're going to concede,
3: you've got to concede nice. Exactly. Yeah, it's gonna, uh, nice yeah, nice. If you're going to concede, yeah. I'll concede that. I'm happy with that. You know, and so. another thing on the Aubameyang penalty. Oof. So, I, I, I was watching analysis on it. And that, so uh, Lacazette went down. So it was obviously, it was 100 spent a penalty. Because it came through the back of him. Yeah. But it wasn't given straight away. Uh, the ref time play on carried on, and then he blew the whistle, but it was kind of misjudged for half-time whistle. So the half the half ended, but he was actually blowing the whistle to go review, because they're obviously telling yeah. him in VAR to go look at the screen. So the, the half-time t- half was finished, because I think yeah it was like yeah, two minutes of extra time, and we were in yeah. like the 47th minute when the incident happened. And the penalty was given after technically it ended, and what the the referee was saying that apparently when it, when it was given after it ends, you technically can only have one shot. Oh so shit! So the rebound actually sh- technically, according to the referee and rules and whatever, it actually shouldn't have counted. Cause really? it. Because if you think back to the last season or the season before, the Brighton United game, also they got oh, they got the penalty no, right at the no. end. So the penalty was still being decided by VAR, and then the referee blew the whistle. But because it happened before he blew the whistle, it's still it's it they can they take it back. And same same thing happened here. And as soon as as soon as I think Bruno took the penalty, then took the penalty, scored, game over. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, it, it, technically it should have been the same thing where Didn't taking the penalty. That's actually, really the, interesting.
2: I don't know that. Damn, yeah, yeah that's crazy. Sure. Yeah. Oh, so maybe we were a little bit lucky on that one. So how did they, How did that just pass? Is this because it's an unknown? So it must have been. It's a,
3: it's a very like vague. Yeah, level. it's so
1: niche. I think the ref, honestly, like genuinely, I think the ref probably didn't even. I think. I think, about I think it. there was also. I think the there was also d- a
3: bit of confusion about because he blew the whistle, but I think everyone thought that he blew the whistle for, um, uh, for half time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they ended the half. Also, but the he was ball, it for the VAR.
1: Did the ball even bounce? Like, I'm pretty sure he volleyed it straight yeah. from the keeper's hands, like... It was... I don't, it, I don't know. It was so quick after, so... I don't
3: know. I mean, Martinez was very unhappy about it. <laughs> crawling up into the little ball and crying on the floor.
1: <laughs> I mean, he saved the penna, so like, yeah. props to him. It was, it
0: was a good save. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was a good penne, the first shot was a good penne. Look, he's a good former save.
1: Arsenal player, he's probably saved 30,000 yeah, of those penalties yeah. in training, yeah. so... And then uh, he didn't even have
0: point. to he didn't even have to psych him up like yeah. he literally just stood there yeah. and waited he I knew was, exactly where he was going it was also I think that the finish was also very smart mm. Yeah, where he didn't just hit it back at I him because I think it was very easy to save that rebound because he was go, he was going towards the that, that um, right hand side anyway he wasn't <laughs>
3: too far off of saving it again exactly well. I think yeah. the
0: fact that Obama yeah. hit it into the ground made, it made all the difference yeah. to, to getting it over yeah
1: we've known Obama to be a clinical finisher for quite a while now
3: but otherwise uh Fantastic game for Arsenal, and uh, you to not keep a clean sheet, but you can see the progressions there, and I think they're going to get better. Yep, All
1: right, now we're going to take a look at the Man City Brighton game um, and as a United fan, I think this is the first time I'm going to say it, but I'm very glad I had to review this Manchester game and not the other one. Um, <laughs> but pain and suffering. Yeah, pain and suffering. It, it sounds like such a cliche, but it, it definitely was a game of two halves, um, this one. And looking at the scoreline, you really wouldn't say that, but it, it certainly was. Um, City came out uh, looking like they had a definite game plan. Uh, they had the right players on the pitch to execute the game plan and they just dominated it was routine uh, every single time they went through it looked like they were going to score and most of the time they did um, Phil Foden absolutely running the pitch like genuinely he looked miles ahead of everyone on the pitch including 100 million pound signing Jack Grealish oh. um, he just looked miles ahead of everyone and that's and that's saying something because every city player was playing brilliantly and um, and it was, it was just fairly routine. I mean, they, they went forward, they passed it a bunch, they, they went in behind the defense. Brighton were playing a very high line, as they do, um, with only three at the back. Um, and they just they finished it off every single time, routinely. And then, then halftime came, um, and I thought, oh, here we go, they're coming back out. Now it's time for 6-0. And that's, that's someone who, who definitely rates Brighton as a team. And whatever Graham Potter said to them at that, in that halftime talk was quite something because uh, Brighton came out absolutely swinging. Um, genuinely, they, they, were, they, they did what City did in the first half. They did it in the second half. They just couldn't finish off their chances because City has a better defense. But they were playing like, like brilliant liquid football, like genuinely pass, 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 skill, cross, low cross, cut back. Basically, literally trying to walk it into City's goal, and that's, that's, that's hard to do with, with a City team. Um, and I think it, it's definitely testament to Graham Potter, because, I mean, he had every single one of those Brighton players performing at absolute peak ability. Um, they, got their, they got their goal back uh, in about the 80th minute, uh, a penalty. Edison came out to claim the ball um, and just managed to uh, sweep one of the Brighton attackers off of his feet. Um, and yeah, I mean, simple penalty scored. And at that point, you know, there's less than 10 minutes left. I thought maybe, maybe it could end 3-2, but most likely it's going to be 3-1. Um, and then Riyad Mahrez came onto the pitch, um, <laughs> and, uh, basically was asking the coach at this point why he wasn't playing in the first place, because the second he came onto the pitch, the tide went straight back into City's favor and City were, ca- were all over Brighton. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was... Perfect from City first half. I felt that they really lost their legs in the second half. Um, even though they managed to score another goal. I felt that they they, they definitely took their, their feet off the gas. And for a team that, that has the consistency of, of City, that's actually something you don't often see. So I was quite surprised to see that. But huge props to Grand Potter, huge props to Brighton. They they really gave gave City a run for their money in this game.
0: I think with with that the in the first half Brighton very definitely played Brighton football. You know, like like I said, three at the back, they were passing it around, they'll they Brighton have some of the most have some of the highest completed passes in the league. <coughs> um and that's saying something for a team that's obviously in fifth now, sixth now, no. I don't know exactly know. But they're high up on the table. I mean that's 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 fifth now. Yeah. So that's very that's very common with that with the top five top six teams you know you'll see that those types of teams will have lots and lots of passes and it's part of their success where they are managed to pass the ball around enough mm. pass around the back they create space and then they move forward quickly unfortunately what pep did so brilliantly was that he understood this and he pressed the absolute shit out of them yep. they had in that first half they were under pressure the entire time every single pass was run down was intercepted was pressured the, 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 i can't imagine the amount of pressures that those that those players gain and that um, also could
1: be testament to why they lost their
0: legs so much in the second half. It. Yeah, it so. probably, you're probably dead tired. And I mean, three yeah. subs is definitely not enough to recruit that that type of pressing. But again, yeah. it was Brighton, unfortunately, only were able to adapt after 3-0, yeah. which was half time. They got to the halftime break. They said to themselves, OK, this is not going to work. If I'm not mistaken, they switched to a back four after half time, or more of a back four. Um, and then, then things started to get better. That's when... The brilliance of Graham Potter came into the story. They've switched it from from Pep to Potter, where Potter was able to understand the situation and adapt accordingly. Same like Tuchel does, where he's so good at understanding where the issues are and he can adapt to them perfectly. This was the exact same concept. Unfortunately... You can't you can't put Brighton players against City players. Yeah, it's it's
1: the it's the player quality that it came down to in the end of the the result, and that's why it ended up four one.
0: If it had, if it if it was a Chelsea three half-time to City and th- they made as significant changes as Brighton did, I can see Chelsea winning that type of game. You know, I am yeah. think? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think I I, I love Graham Potter. I'm never going to shut up about this dude because he just he's just so good. Yeah, he's it's ridiculous. And I think you can see that the, that the players he speak yeah uh, he communicates in a way that they understand and yeah. they are able to uh, implement that those tactics you know it's not like completely incomprehensible and nonsense mm. so every player knows yeah. exactly what they need to do and they do it and uh,
1: <laughs> out of the brighton players uh, a player i need to mention is Tariq Lamptey. Okay. my word what a okay. baller! like <laughs> genuinely he dribbled through half of city's defense the same way mo salah did and like, it, it's a shame it didn't lead to a goal, but like, wow, that that little guy is a magician with the ball at his feet. Did he's you,
3: ridiculous. Did you see him when he, he ran into the corner? and he to put Jack Grealish on his ass. Really? Yeah. No, he's spun him completely.
1: He's a huge prospect and I think uh, the, the way he's looking, he could play for any team in yeah. the world. Um, all right, now we're going to move on to the
0: Tottenham game. Oh, we move from excitement to boredom, um, <laughs> and which, is, which is honestly not not very common when you play at the London Stadium. Normally, you get six goal thrillers at this uh, over here, where West Ham will go four goals ahead and concede five in the second half, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think they've identified the issues with with the in, in that sense, but also it just talks to the to the blandness and the boringness of Tottenham. Of, football club at the moment because they they just they're not standouts you yeah. know then they're, they're not doing anything interesting and uh, they have they have a, half a Birdly squad half a Galactica squad yep. and it irritates <laughs> because you're playing with it's Emerson awful. Royale and Oliver Skip and uh, like Winks hmm. you know honestly put those teams into put those into a Bernie team put uh, a Cornet and uh who, who else fucking Mark Hughes from fucking Watford and you've got a better side than what Dwight McNeil. Dwight McNeil and you've got a better side than, than what the Tottenham squad have at the moment so it's unfortunate because if they had recruited slightly better I think they would be a lot more exciting because again they, they have Son they have Ndombele they have Bourgeois they have Kane they have these players and that's the Galactico half of the squad yeah. but first of all Bourgeois is not playing he's getting second, second best to Mora. Which I don't understand because when Bergwan plays, he plays. I mean, yeah. we've seen this before, you know? He is more of just better. Just better, yeah. exactly. He's, he's more youthful, he's better, he's more He's more driven, those types of things. But he doesn't get the minutes. I, I just don't get it. And then West Ham on a boat. you can kind of say a resurgence because their results kind of here and there, up and down. But again, they're solid. Antonio, solid, Cresswell, solid, Rice is coming into his legs recently. Uh, Suchek and uh, Kufal are obviously just solid So I think It's good to see from West Ham Because they're, they're also They're a really nice teams to watch It's one of those ones that you root for You know you can't you can't hate West Ham yeah, You can impressive. just like them But you can't hate them yeah. Yeah. You know Because They play good football Exactly They yeah. play nice attractive football Their, their team is full of, of, of Really really good players um, So I think Seeing them beat Tottenham Is almost deserved Because I don't think Tottenham have been good yeah. Mm. Um, and I, I can put that down to first of all the recruitment but then also I, uh, unfortunately Nuno is, he's not the man for the job. No. He's not he's not the right fit the way that he, he I, I almost feel like he's trying to adapt to different you know, he's trying to change his complete, his, his tactical I think Tottenham um, would be better if he, if he set up I like mean, he did at Wolves this with is, the three at the back This is my thing, if Tottenham played to his, to his best tactical identity they're gonna perform better. That's just how it works. I mean, managers who play they, they, what they play what how they know them. to play, they are successful. Here he's he's trying to adapt to the team and he's trying to be I don't know. Like it's almost like they don't have a tactical identity. Mm. You know, it's kinda of like one week they do this, next week they do that. Yeah. So it's yeah. very all over well, however they, so they
2: can go through.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And, They'll do that. and unfortunately I feel like that creates confusion for players. Oh, you know, for and sure, and yeah for sure. Again it's just it's just something that's stuck in my mind. But during that Arsenal game a really big um, note was their lack of midfield. I mean, there's pictures from the screenshots from that game where there's not a single one of the, the Tottenham players in the centre of the field. Adele Ali, Ndombele, or either in the forward line or they're sitting out wide. And there's three Arsenal players sitting in that midfield. And you saw touches of that in this game where there was such massive gaps. And fair enough to West Ham, they do move the ball really, really well in between space. But the fact that... They were moving the ball, and Tottenham players were standing flat-footed, not being pragmatic, not playing properly off the ball. Mm. Just is testament to the fact that they, they seem confused. Mm. You know, it's like they don't know where they need to be, don't know who they're supposed to be marking, don't know what space they're supposed to be filling. So, I don't know. It's unfortunate to see, but I think Tottenham are one of those teams that will bounce back. Yeah, they're always. not. They're not in deep nonsense. Okay, they're not in deep cuck. They're in sixth now, seventh. Uh, again, I'm not exactly sure, but they're four points, three points. Five points. their points of the top the top four. They're seven points off of off the first place, but they're only two points out of the top four. Okay? Yeah. So they're not sitting fifteenth, you know? Yeah. They will bounce back. A tough game against um, United. Winner or loss here makes all the difference. I'll <laughs> I mean what you said about
1: their squad is very true. I mean you've got the, the Galactico side and then you've got literally Norwich on the right hand side. Norwich. I mean and, and it's quite literally split down the middle. The ball goes from being played through Reguilon, Hoybier, and Dombelais San Kane, and then it goes on the other side and it's like Dyer, it's Emerson Royale, it's Winx, it's LaSalso, but even it's Heuberg. Mora, it's Burgewand, like
0: mm. Hoyberg and Sean Dash would be absolute besties. Sure. Because Sean Dash will punch, I mean, Hoiberg will punch a dude in the face and then down a punt in the, in the center circle and then still make four tackles, but he'll do absolutely nothing pragmatic. He will not pass the ball forward. Refuses. I mean, it's up yeah, hand, you yeah.
3: know? Imagine, imagine a midfielder like you have Suchek on one side and you've got Kjordrin oh, on the other side. Shits. What a midfield duo that would be. <laughs> yes, that would be. You, you, would, you would get text. destroyed if you came near them. <laughs>
1: exactly. So I not need yeah. a back line if the midfield.
3: <laughs> Just elbows everywhere.
1: Yeah. So, Shane. Or dead game, but yeah. yeah, And it's good to see West Ham grinding out wins. I mean, you know they got European football, and it has to be said, Moyes is doing bits. He, they they kept all of their important players. Obviously, Jesse Lingard loan ended. They would have probably liked to have made that official, but United were just asking too much. Now they're going in. They're playing European football. They're grinding out results in the league. They're fourth in the league, uh, and it's just you you love to see it. Like it, they they're doing really well, and huge props to David Moyes. Huge props to the players. Um, now we're going to cover the final game of the episode, and that's going to be the United game. So from
2: this point onwards, we, um, Welcome to the United Yeah, podcast. welcome to the <laughs> United podcast. Welcome to
1: pain and suffering. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. First of all,
0: I want to start off to, uh, United and Arsenal and the same amount of points. Fuck you.
2: Yeah, and <laughs> I think I uh, think we can end yeah, we can end it there. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys <laughs> for listening. Um just uh, what, a d- what, what a what a distraught. game um, yeah, I think
3: let's start with, uh, goal, start with with the goals and the defense. Yeah or lack of defense. Let's
1: start with how well Liverpool did and then we'll get on to the United problem.
2: I'm Liverpool. Like, when I just think about it, yeah. it, it makes me want to vomit. to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, I had to switch off oh, after Puppet got the, so. the red card. Shantabu because. must have got my second geno. Then you get the whole United emo. Because, um, uh, it's just, it's so disappointing to see. And, and, and I was saying that I thought this game would be, would, would tell a lot about United um, and Oli. And it did I, it, it definitely it did, did. Not, <laughs> but not i hope contest. i hope it's not foretelling our future and, and where we're heading um but yeah so just a, a goal frenzy um we started with kater's goal where you know in in the goals um in this game we saw the same problem occur with liverpool's every single goal and it was where basically we had you have Salah on the right hand side and you have um, Trent, Alex on, on, on the on the right hand side as well. So this is the side which, although the entire team is to be to be taken note of, th- this is the side which you need to be covering the most. Yeah. And now when you're having a big gap being formed on our our right-hand side, you know, you're bringing in Shaw from the left-hand side and you're leaving the Liverpool right-hand side wide open. And consistently, every single goal, that's how the chances were created. Where Luke Shaw was pulled on to the inside and there was a, someone, whether it was Kaito or Salah or I, I don't even know who else, on the right-hand side. And that's basically where all their goals come came from. Um, so we had Kaito's goal with Salah assisting just open, slotted right corner, nothing to it. We had Diego Jota, who had tapped it in from a low cross. Yeah, yeah from, from Alex down the, down the side there, which was, which was a really good cross. I, I can't deny that. That's, yeah. that's what a cross is supposed to be. Oh, just stunning. Um, the, yeah. the, the,
3: the, the thing is that annoys me with that, like, with the United defence, the first thing a full should know is, like, your number one job, stop the stop, stop the cross. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Do
3: and you and not let that cross come in.
2: If Alexander-Arnold is on the ball, take him out. And the what? worst part is, when, when Jota scored that, who was right behind him? It was Milner. So it wasn't even another United player ready to stop that. So if Jota didn't get in, Milner would have gotten it in. Which is if just Milner scored against us, it would have been the end of my life. One
3: taking a nice little jog back.
2: Yeah. <laughs> then we get to the 38th minute, and I think this, is, this, this was the breaking point. United I think this is just where we were on like a kind of a plateau where we we would have been able to pull this game up but it was at the 38th minute where we hopped on that slide and we went so fast so quick Um, so we had Salah scoring a goal again on the right hand side because there's no one there to stop him um, and from here, one thing to take note of, the highest score, the highest numbers that United have were just higher cards than Liverpool's goals. Um, <laughs> because from here, it was basically a yellow card frenzy. We had five or something. Uh, we, had, we had, we have, I think it was six yellow cards Jesus. and then a red card. I, yeah. I Literally, yeah, the, things, the only it's thing exactly higher exactly than good. Liverpool's stats was our cards against their goals. Um, <laughs> the so, made. yeah. <laughs> So we had Luke Shaw, we had Cristiano Ronaldo, and we had Fred getting three yellow cards within the space of five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronaldo's one, uh, question a little bit questionable. I know all the Liverpool fans are sitting there thinking he should have definitely gotten a red card. And maybe he should have, but Listen, he kicked he, the ball. He, yeah, he, he, he kicked the ball first. You know, if you clapped him in the stomach, I would have, I would have understood more. Listen, lads, we can only defend Ronnie so much yeah, in this
1: podcast. Don't, 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 don't yeah, don't worry.
0: He wanted to absolutely break Curtis oh, yeah. spine, man. Don't, he had we, no other intention. No, we'll, we'll,
2: we'll get to Slayton Ronaldo now. <laughs> his time is coming. Yeah. Because we then had extra time where we had Salah score the fourth goal. And at this point, I, I had lost all hope. I thought, you know, a three-goal game, again, it can come back to a draw, We've come potentially back a win. As soon as you hit four goals, you're you're venturing into very deep water. The odds of you coming back to them are very slim. Even in Yeah. Then we enter the second half, and again, we just start off with a yellow card. In a 46 minute, we get a yellow card, just to introduce us back. And then, about five minutes later, we have a Salah goal. And again, this just sets the entire tempo for the rest of the second half, and that's it. So Salah got his third... Goal for the, the hat game. Trick. So, and that's also making him the highest scoring African in the a Premier 107 League. Goals. As well as the
1: top scorer in the league for the season. Yeah,
2: Imagine so. having both of the top scorers in Africa on your
3: team. And then also... It's like, ridiculous. Didn't, didn't and then he... they've got
1: just that dummy in the middle, that absolute <laughs> bag of crisps of a footballer, Roberto <laughs> Also, uh,
3: Isn't is, is, his hat-trick? He's the only like, rival player to score a hat trick at Old Trafford. At Old Trafford. Yeah. Since R9. Yeah. No, since R nine,
2: R nine scored at yeah. Old Trafford. Yeah. And so, I mean he's R nine. Yeah. So I I think it's at this point where I have to commend Salah. He he's playing like a He's playing like a god and yeah, I hate yeah.
0: having to say this but he's playing He's huge. playing so No no listen, oh, no, I, no, I'm yeah. laughing because I agree with you He's oh, no, no, a joke, paint
1: he's a yeah, He's an absolute joke, he's, he's a cheat code like, no, He, I he I goes he forward with the ball, he's either gonna assist or he's gonna score Or he's going to absolutely spin your defence And it's, it's one of those, it's not anything else I think, And it's just searing pace Complete skill and absolute composure in the finish. It's Every he time, is the
0: complete you know. forward at the moment, and this is his peak, I think. One of the best things to point out about Salah is, is obviously he's quick. Obviously he's he's smart and his runs and getting his time runs. But to me, what stands out is his finishing. Like there was t- the, the the I think it was his second goal where hair was basically hugging the post, and he
2: still, mm-hmm. and he still
0: managed to squeeze it through uh, like a one by one foot. Hole, and that's like you the know? third or fourth yeah. time he's done that this season. Yeah. And this is the thing, like he, he, I don't know, his feet are like little laser pointers because he it manages to, to yeah. absolutely squeeze them in in the, the tightest spaces. And it's the just left foot is lethal. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 exquisite to watch. Yeah, you know because it's at this point you, there's no gap small enough that I'm like ah Salah won't score that you know kind of thing. Barring barring the, the entire keeper is smothering the ball. Yeah, you know even then I feel like he's gonna like, rainbow r- flick it over the keeper or something. You, you like
3: will that find thing. a gap.
0: So, so,
1: moving on to that, to talk about the, uh, the more negative side, and that's United. Um, standout performers, for me, I think Rashford was very lively. I think he was a bit selfish on the uh, shooting. He should have put a couple balls through instead of taking the shots. Uh, I can say the exact same for Greenwood. Very lively, lots of energy. He was really good going forward. He just should have passed instead of shooting. Ronaldo, look, he didn't. He didn't have the best game. He got very frustrated, and that was clear to see. He, he didn't press. He didn't do anything. He did get it in the net at one point, which but was um, a good goal. Was it, a good was it was a good finish. finish. It was a great wonderful finish. finish. And great. Just offside, yeah, I,
2: you know, I question the, the 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 offside purely because I feel, like I, I feel like I have seen goals like that go through all the time. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and it was also at that point which. A little bit of faith was restored in yeah. me, because yeah. I saw that notification pop up because by Ban- now was gone. <laughs> but um, I saw the notification pop up and I was thinking, you know, maybe we pull it back 5-3, not as embarrassing, but yeah. uh, then you see that it was ruled off and that's yeah. just depressing once again.
1: What I can say about Ronaldo's performance though, and I was actually quite surprised about this, is that... He was, he was involved in the game. He didn't just stay up front and do nothing. He, he, came, he came short. He was standing in front of those, those centre-backs. He received the ball, looked to move it on, looked to pass it on. And that's something that he's been criticised for in the past. Uh, but I thought he did that very, very well this game. Um, and it was one of the more involved games he's had. Uh, and you can see he was really trying to make something happen in that United front line. It just wasn't coming off. As well as Bruno, I mean, he was playing that second striker role. His pressing was ridiculous. Um, He he looked to create chances. He was asking questions of that Liverpool defence and just nothing was going through. I think the problems start once we go behind Bruno. That's where we talk about McFred, who did nothing. Actually, I I I disagree. Fred Fred was okay, okay, but McTominay spent the entire game ball watching. I genuinely can't think of one thing he actually did. He just sat there and watched the ball fred bought a bit of energy he's good on the press that's why we keep him in the team irregardless of the mistakes but he he can't do it on his own you know he wasn't good enough that's why we tried to bring pogba on, who had one of the worst cameos i've ever seen in my life he he it, he, he lost the ball and then he got it, a red yeah. and that was it yeah he lost the ball it, which it led to the goal directly yeah and then yeah. got yeah. the red and then it
3: was just like sure quite a few seasons ago where also United you know, to Liverpool again and it was Steven Gerrard comes on the pitch it must have been like 40 <laughs> seconds man yeah, st- stomps on Anderera's yeah. leg there instant dread and he's off Cheers,
1: have a good and I mean okay so now we move on to the worst performer in my opinion was one bissaka just constantly being caught out of position. His tracking back didn't work. Yeah. He didn't do any meaningful tackles. He didn't stop the ball. He didn't pick up the ball. He didn't progress the ball. He, he was just out of position. And his break. position, him he, him being out of position, brought Lindelof out of position completely. Yeah. Maguire drifts over. Suddenly Shaw has to cover the center. He's a left back. Yeah, and then him. suddenly we have Salah and Trent Alexander-Arnold open. And that is the one thing you don't want against Liverpool. Yeah. De Gea, our thoughts... He made an absolute worldy of a save from guess, Trent Alexander-Arnold yeah. in the second half, and not really anything he could have done to stop the other ones. He could have maybe stopped Jota's goal, but even then he didn't know who was going to shoot. He yeah. His, yeah. But but again, he, maybe but like, Yeah, he's not to blame at all. But Luke yeah. Shaw's not to blame, Maguire's not even to blame, and in fact, Lindelof was alright, he was quite solid. It was just the fact that one Berserker was constantly out of position, which brought everyone else out of position and affected the whole back line. One Misaka, I think, needs some time He, he
2: needs a break. He he needs needs a we break. need
1: to start playing Dela for a couple games, I think. One
0: well, looked very, very, very naive, which is not often what you see. Yeah, yeah. what did you
3: say? I was, I was, I was going to say that... Um, one, one, th- one thing that, when it comes to defending from a team, it's supposed to be... You, like, your front line... They're not supposed to really win the ball back. They're supposed to kind of push the ball to where you want the guy behind you to win it. So it's like, your front line weak, like weak at defending, Your midfield, but bit strong at defending, your back line is supposed to be where you 100% win it points, back strongest, yes. but United, it was just weak, 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 yeah. like,
1: yeah. It Ronaldo doesn't press, he doesn't win the ball back, yeah. that's not what he does, so we have Rashford, and we have Greenwood, and we, Greenwood's not good at pressing, he cannot defend yeah. to save his life, Rashford can only do so much on the left hand side, yeah. because Trent Alexander-Arnold isn't receiving the ball in his own half, he's in the other side, so then it turns back and we have Bruno. Bruno is pressing. He's not a one-man team. He can no. only press so much. And then we come to the problem where Fred was doing a right. And that's also because Luke Shaw was doing a right. He was in position. Maguire was in position. He made some mistakes, yes, but they were in position. They were where they needed to be. And that allowed Fred to do his job fine. No. One Bissaka wanders off past the halfway line. They come back. Suddenly, Mane is there. Lindelof has to go across. Maguire has to go across. That's where. That's where... McTominay, who was the right CDM, has to come back and slot into the defense full, to cover full, yeah. so that Luke Shaw doesn't have to leave Salah and Trent Alexander-Arnold unmarked. Sure. But McTominay was ball-watching, so there's it just us. didn't work out. The, from, from behind Bruno, our defense is
0: just, there's nothing. Yeah. My issue with, with that whole situation is rather not not the defending and not the, not, so Wayne Bissaker definitely made massive mistakes. I think he was was very much so the reason why the the, the the formation was out of shape. No one no one told him. No one told him to get back into
1: position. Yeah, yeah. he was, sat there with there his legs
0: crossed. There wasn't a single man on the pitch that said to him, Juan Bisaka, get into your position. You are too far off the pitch, get into your position. Get into mm-hmm. your position. but instead instead Maguire led the back line to be out of position to keep the shape. Because yeah. he, he he took he took the shape. Over the defensive ability of the back line. And th- that led to all four of the first goals.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, and every single one of them. And the thing is, even if like so Bruno would usually point this out, he's a very vocal member mm-hmm. of the team. Even if he had noticed it by that time, we had already conceded four. Bruno's trying to create chances to get us to score. He doesn't have time to be worrying about the back line. Our skipper, Maguire, instead of shouting at one Busaka telling him to get back, he's moving into the wrong position, which offsets the thing. And our 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 our, ca- our our manager is just sitting with his legs crossed, not saying anything. And I mean, for half of that, one bicycle was on his side. He was standing in front yeah. of him on the halfway line while Liverpool were attacking. Yeah. Surely you could even just whisper across, "Hey, hey, Aaron, don't hey, you want to track back we'll a little back bit? Into your position." Thanks, thanks, bud. Anyway, yeah. and he just didn't. So I mean, a lot of questions to be asked of a lot of players and the coach, especially because I think yeah. tactically. It, we got it all wrong. Mm. We got everything wrong, including the, the second half tactics to come back to salvage something. Yeah, We got that even worse than the, the starting tactics yeah. somehow.
3: Yeah, I, I just want to say that the same thing happened in the Atalanta game in the Champions League where we, we start out as the, uh, the usual four two three one, which we've played well in before mm. but then we go behind because of shoddy defending, miscommunication from the back line and that. And then... We we went into a a four two four because Rashford's <laughs> Rashford wants have, to Rashford, have four strikers Rashford, on the pitch. Yeah, Rashford basics, wants to score. Guess. We have Ronaldo, who he's not going to come back. Bruno, Bruno plays, wants to s- arrive late in the box. Uh, yeah, Bruno's that second striker. Greenwood and wants Brun- to smash Greenwood. it in from thirty yards out for some reason. Greenwood's yeah. also a striker. And you you're left with McTominay and Fred in the midfield, and I think Paul Paul Skull said it during after the analysis that how. United were lucky to win the win against this Atlanta side because Atlanta's a good side, but they're not that good. Mm. And he said, up against the big side like Liverpool or City, this one not cut it. They'll they run every through side. us, and that's yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah, and no, he calls like, it perfectly. Fred had a good game, but then McTominay was nowhere, so it was basically a four-one-four. Yeah, mm. yeah. And just, that's how they're just running through you have us. You
0: had literally a f- a f- an entire third to cover from two. Average players and on the day, one average player, one nowhere player. Yeah. You know yeah. how how you expect it to cover two thirds of a pitch by yourself? Yeah. No, well, that's, you're not. That's you the problem. You can't. Yeah. And they didn't. And that's the problem. Yeah.
1: And that's why that's why and it's it sounds so silly to say because he's got no goals and assists. You know, uh, from an outside perspective, you think he's doing terribly. But Sancho has to play because if if Bruno is not able to create the chances, he we need it. someone else there to bring that because we didn't have Pogba on the pitch. Luke Shaw had to stay back because. We were constantly needing to defend. So, the only person who was creating chances was Bruno, who also likes to shoot. So we need Sancho on the pitch for that creativity that he brings, beating a man, just looking, to looking to move, looking to pass it on. It makes the squad a lot more balanced. Sancho also got to
0: press. Greenwood he's going to press, exactly. pressing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I
3: don't think Greenwood knows how to press. That's exactly the thing because he runs straight at them. He, he has, he has the zero run. defending
0: yeah. ability into them. He has, yeah. he has, he, has he, he doesn't know like what to do. Greenwood right? has been
1: trained
2: in attack since day one. He's been spending
3: too much time with Ronaldo.
2: Yeah, watching those Mbappe videos. So yes, yeah. on the conversation of Ali Art, and I think this is a, a big question of on a lot of people's minds, not just the United uh, minds. Um, so I don't know who knows this, but so we we found out today that Ali is not being sacked, and he will have the next three games to essentially well, prove himself.
1: There's think. there's conflicting reports because some people oh, that said that United. the United board were meeting, and it's yes, but that so that came yeah. afterwards. And look, I mean. As yeah. much as as much as maybe Oli's not the man to carry us on, uh, you know he's taken the squad very far, and I really respect him for that. He's a legend. He's he's genuinely improved the squad so much, and the results he got he's gotten haven't been the worst. Like they've been pretty decent. He's as a manager, like I was saying, I, I would describe him as fine.
3: Like he's fine. He's he's gotten us. Cons- you know? He's put the club back in the right direction, yeah. which was he came in, you Have had to yeah. do, and consistent. The squad has conditions.
1: improved in almost every position since Mourinho left. Yeah and we've our, our results have been like third in the league, second in the league, second in the league. Yeah. Champ, consistent Champions League qualification, final of the Europa League, five semi-finals I think it's been. Uh, and yeah, look, we didn't won, win any of the finals, but we got there and most teams didn't. Like it's quite it's actually that simple, but I don't think he can take us further. That being said, I don't think there's any managers available who are a right fit for the job. Mm. Our our squad doesn't work under Conte's system. Uh, we don't play wing backs. He would be completely nullifying all of our, our wide attackers, which is where most of our strength and our attack comes from. Um, he plays the three in the back, uh, which means he would probably end up putting Luke Shaw or one Bissaka in the back three, yeah. which neither of them thrives in. Those in
3: Have, having to start Deleuze or a wing back. He eventually. would start Deleuze as a wing back. You're going to Sancho and Rashford sit on the bench. Yeah, and season. then
1: and then he's going to play either uh, like a. Uh, 3-4-3 three, three, or mm-hmm. like a three five two, and either way we nullify you know Pogba or, or Bruno Pogba. we nullify all of our wing players Sancho either has to not play or be converted to a right wing back um, yeah, it, it nice. just his system doesn't work we hire Zidane and he's just French ollie like you know, there's know. it's just it's just man management and vibes there's no tactics zidane has done nothing to prove that he's tactically good enough plus he's not willing to take the night job he's he doesn't want to learn english he doesn't want to play in the Premier. why would he manage united okay. and then after those suggestions you go down to gareth southgate and you go down to like Frank Lampard. Why would Frank Lampard manage us?
3: I've, I've seen Brendan Rodgers as a shout as well. I There's
1: genuinely... Uh, Renal,
3: it, right? Cristiano Ronaldo is genuinely it.
1: fifth yeah. in the odds to take exactly. the Man United manager job. Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Like, as, as much as sa- everyone says, oh, sack Ali, sack Ali, get rid of him, he's not good enough. No one is going to come in and do better. No. Genuinely.
2: Yeah. So, so th- I think that at this point, it would be worth to keep him for the rest of the season, see it out, yeah. see, see what happens... I think at the end of the season, then you can decide what what what's what's to be done, um, because listen again, we're doing badly. We're we're not, but we're not doing too badly. We're currently sitting in eighth, no seventh. I lie. We're sitting in seventh. Um, if we win our next game, we essentially go up. But you know, based on the results of other teams, but it's worth the wait to see what can happen because. You know, it's not totally uncommon of us to drop and then pick ourselves back up again.
1: It's worth letting Oli stay on this plateau where we go, you know, down, up, down, up. And then finding a suitable replacement. Because if we just go and sack him because we lost 5-0 to Liverpool, then we're going to end up hiring someone who's not right for the job. And it's just going to be a Tottenham Nuno situation.
3: Also, trying to bring in... It's like, no no manager is going to want to leave their club now halfway through the season. Yeah. To come, to come into an unsteady United side, like, we United will have to wait until a new season two start to start fresh. Um. Yeah.
1: And, and the managers who aren't in jobs are just not the right fit. So, I mean, like, as much as it's like, oh, yeah, sack Oli, that's great, but that's going to solve nothing. In yeah. fact, we're probably going to do worse, if anything.
0: An outside perspective. I think that... I think that he he's Oli is, is 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 clueless. I think Oli he do, he barely has a first plan and his second plan is non-existence. And I think there was clearly evidence in the in the Liverpool game as well where he he didn't adapt, he didn't take control of his team, he when he got a red card, he brought on Cavani. Okay? He brought on Cavani and put Cavani in between Fred and McTominay. Uh,
3: and then uh. I sort of think Cavani is the first ever box-to-box striker.
0: <laughs> like, Genuinely. A, a number 8.5. Yeah. Okay, this is all from... this. Is, if you guys are interested in how terrible the tactics were, watch the TIFO, the TIFO football IRL on YouTube. Because it explains in depth how bad Oli was at, at his tactics. I think the difference between any other manager now, you bring in any other manager. Anyone. doesn't matter who they are. it's Dan, whether it's Conte, whether it's Brendan Rodgers, whether it's Gareth Southgate. They have a plan. They have a plan A. They have, an, they have a clear-cut identity. They have conviction. Okay, someone like Brendan Rodgers is gonna absolutely clap someone if they talk shit. Zidane is is gonna is gonna be, uh, he's gonna okay. re- demand respect, and they have a plan B. You know, they get a red card. They have the right idea. They're gonna bring on players. Uh, uh, explain to me how you're gonna have Matich. You're gonna have Van Der Beek, You're gonna have Lingard on the on, Sancho. On, Sancho on the on the bench, and you're gonna bring on Cavani when there's a red card. It doesn't make any sense it's almost like he's so he's so clueless as to how games end up going that he thinks it's still salvageable that he still thinks oh yeah no no i can score four goals i can still get one back i I, I just i don't i can't and we spoke about semi-finals not me the fuck about semi-finals okay because it was a semi-final for the europa league it was a semi-final for the the league cup it was semi-final for the fa cup okay you can with this squad that squad can get to the semi-finals without a manager. Yeah. they can do that on their own. They don't need Oli telling them what to do. They did. Okay, that's the thing. <laughs> it's not a Champions League semi-final where you get to the knockout stage and you're playing. You're playing Barcelona. You're playing Real, uh, You're playing um, Bayern Munich. Those times. Those types of teams who are gonna give you Arsenal scores. They're gonna give you a 10-2 aggregate score. You know, because if you have got Oli doing that type of stuff in, in a Champions League semi-final. Uh, that's what's going to happen. And he he, he he hasn't been able to do it in the big competitions. Yes, fair enough, you got to the Europa League final. But the same thing, it's the Europa League. You played Villarreal in the final. Who did you play in the, in the semis? You uh, can't even remember. Played, I mean... you played Roma. You played yes. Roma. A, 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 a Claudio Ranieri, Roma side. I mean, please. It was not Claudio Ranieri. It was uh, Paolo Fonseca. I mean, uh, who the fuck? <laughs> okay? <laughs> who the fuck? Okay? So... I I, I just, I think anyone is better than them, Uh, because they have plans. I think anyone's better, maybe.
1: Not anyone, but a lot of people are better, but not in the middle of the season, and not if you're looking at long term. I think... With the managers available, there is no point in sacking like Zidane. Yeah, he'll come in. He'll demand respect, whatever Tactically, he maybe has a plan B, but like he's not much better than not. He hasn't proven to us that he has any tactics He's
0: gonna hold down the fort well enough mm. He's not gonna get you an eighth place finish Because yeah. If, yeah. You're, if your form continues the way it does you're gonna finish out of the top six all day no. Yeah, for sure. okay, you bring someone who's gonna who's gonna tell everyone to fuck off and grow up Okay, and you're gonna get that top four finish you're going to get a tron- two transformers, okay? then they can start building a team from there. So I don't know who that person is, anyone but only in my, in my yeah. opinion.
1: It's just, you know, Brendan Rodgers isn't going to leave Leicester. You know, Eric Ten Hag just signed a long-term contract at Ajax. Graham Potts is currently uh, as, doing as well as he could with his Brighton project. He's not leaving it. He's doing better than United with, yeah, Brighton with his Brighton project. You know... Zidane, he, he's not really that interested and I just don't think he's, too, he's enough of an upgrade to warrant actually sacking our manager. And Conte is just the biggest mismatch
3: I've he, ever seen. He, he, Conte will come in? He'll win us a trophy. Cause a problem. He'll cause a problem and fuck up the club.
1: Yeah. And he'll he'll cause problems with the players. He'll sell some of our best players. He won't utilize good players like Sancho. Greenwood's he, progress will stall. He'll he'll
0: he'll go and buy like <laughs> zipper costa. You literally just said, Ollie, except for selling your best players and winning a trophy. I see no downside, Supreme content. Like, okay, the, the, he's gonna the, do look, the ex, he's gonna have the exact same impact, but he's gonna win a trophy. Fuck it. Who gives a shit? Fucking so do it. No. And then um, one contest winning a trophy, then shot. chat to someone else and be like, Hey, listen, you want to come in, think, in two years time? Cool, come in. We'll, we'll who, is, who is that someone in.
2: else? Uh, we'll find out when we get there. The thing is, you've sort of- <laughs> The you, thing you, is, you, we're only seventh. Like, there's still so much, we, we could, no, so no. easy. Last season, at this point, point. we were seventh. Uh, it's not it's, it's like we're tenth. We came second. Yeah. Because of tenth. You know,
1: and the thing is, the thing is, you know, you bring in Conte. Yeah. You bring in Conte, maybe he wins an FA Cup. Maybe he wins us the Champions League or a Premier League, and then he's changed the entire team. He leaves, and suddenly we need a rebuild again. We've just finished a rebuild. We want a person who's going to come in, take the team that's being built, and use it as a long-term project to make long-term decisions. You finished the rebuild. We're not yeah. finished. your finished rebuild. rebuild. No, no, we're not finished the rebuild. We are We've, uh, we're rebuilding. We're not even close. Okay. Yeah. No, we're rebuilding. <laughs> and Oli has rebuilt the team a lot. Like I said, he's improved it in almost every position. Every single position is up Last season, we were playing Phil Jones. I mean, the the season where where Mourinho was sacked, we were playing Phil Jones, Chris Smalling. We were playing Ashley Young at right back or left back. We were playing Andreas Pereira at Cam, Lingard at right wing. We were playing Martial at striker. Or we were playing Lukaku at right wing for some Mm -hmm. reason. You know, like and it, it, you just look at that squad compared to the squad we have now, it's leaps and bounds. That squad finished second as well. And they won the Europa League.
3: I I I I want I want would like to, th- I to just throw something out. Do you think the sign of Ronaldo was it a United sign in or was it an Oli sign in? Shouldn't have
0: happened. I don't think Oli didn't. I don't think a... Olly
3: wanted I mean obviously you would want to have Ronaldo. Yeah. But I think if we didn't sign Ronaldo, we would have signed a defense in that. Yeah. not that think would it have changed an, things. I
1: don't think it was an either signing. Yeah. I think it was we a Man had, City had, signing. We, we had to. I think it was a Man City signing. No. Man City were going for him. And so Alex Ferguson and the United Board said, we cannot He's let Ronaldo go to, go to I don't think he was
2: ever going to Man City. City. No, I that he would have. He was, he he was, he was very listen. close. Listen. He these would've. Every player wants to find a penny. and they
0: need they they're so bad you need a striker that he even knows that he tried to get it. These
3: foreign players don't give a fuck about English teams. Dude. They listen, don't care.
1: What do you mean at this age he's banging and he's, he's gonna like take he's gonna fight all this for United?
2: Yeah, I know because this is where he's gonna close it off. He was gonna because, go because, because that was because that was his plan. There's no Listen, way she was he gonna he going go to talking. city. He could have uh, smacked Sheikh Mansour's bum. He could have gone to mm, uh, yeah. like yeah. Dubai uh, hotel. Uh, uh, and uh, my proof in my pudding is the fact that he didn't go to city because if because, if he because he, we if, paid more and no, he's so the highest no, no, paid no, no. Premier League player. if City really wanted him, they would
0: have. No, would have no, uh, The differences, the differences. The city, the city deal was on the table. United deal wasn't. They realized, oh fuck, they're going to get Renault, yeah. Then they put a deal on the table. He says, okay, cool, old, old boyhood club. I'm going to earn a similar wage. I'm going to go to my old boyhood club instead.
3: United has the highest budget in the Premier League right now. Yeah. It's because we can outspend City. Yeah. We don't often do, but That's... we can, and that shows.
1: Yeah. All right. That was an interesting debate. Now we're going to move on to our team of the week. <laughs> uh, no better place to start than the goalkeeper. Um, and look, in a in a game week where about 40-something goals went in the back of the net, it's kind of tough to find a goalkeeper that really stands out. Uh, and my suggestion for this was Fabianski, which is what we've inevitably gone with. Um, look, he was just solid at the back. West Ham ground out that 1-0 win. Um, he kept them in the game. He got a 7.3 rating. Um, and he made four saves. so solid performance.
0: Okay our first defender is Trent. Um, and it's, it's almost marvel to put Trent in the, in the back line there. He was really really good. Um, he was He marauded right through the, the United um, midfield forwards back line, everything he was he was really really pragmatic, um, played really really well and he was just he was a provider. you know he, he, he did his defensive work. Probably not as good as, as, as most defenders would do, but he was also just really, really... He made sure the ball was moving forward the whole time. He made sure that the energy was high. He was taking shots, he was t- sending in crosses. So yeah, really, really good performance from him in a game that, that was um, marauding with with goals and assists. So.
3: Okay, next in our, our back three, we have Kanate, And man slotted in there next to Van Dijk for, to do one job, and he did it perfectly was uh, forced United to go long ball and man was on that halfway line just heading them back into that midfield and constant counter-attacking I think mean, he, he had four, four duels one out of four good pass success, success rate I mean he wasn't he wasn't pressed that often but when he was he was silky on the ball and just held that back line solidly.
2: And our third defender for the team of the week, we have Ben Chilwell. Um, what an interesting player to watch, you know. I hear a lot of people say that. Um, well, there's two reasons generally that come up for not playing Alonso but rather playing Chilwell, and it's that obviously uh, Alonso is older, um, but some people argue that Alonso is too attacking in the back left position. But when we look at Chilwell, he's grown to be a very attacking left back, and and we've seen in the fact that he's had a how many goals does he have? Does yeah, he have like three or four three yeah, I think three he's got four. four goals anyways he I mean against the game on Norwich I mean granted it was Norwich so they had all the space and time in the world but I mean I uh, more than once I saw that man playing the center forward for the Chelsea team <laughs> he was on the edge of that box and it was crazy to see um so a good game from him he obviously netted one um he, you know, he did his job as a defender. Although I would argue that he did better as a left wing than a left back. Um, but yeah, otherwise, definitely deserving of this week's game of the team of the week. My bad.
0: Okay, first midfielder in a midfield four. Uh, we have Declan Rice. I think it was undeniable. He played basically a third centre back for West Ham. And as much as as much as we slated uh, Tottenham for being boring and, and toothless. Um, he very definitely was most of the reason for that. Um, a simple stat of him making 11 duels, or winning 11 duels, where the entire back four of West Ham only made a, a total of 15. So, I mean, he's, he's doing significantly better and he's, he's, again, he's basically a defender for that side. Um, and I think they're incredibly lucky for him, for his consistency and his, and his run of form that he's in now that they are able to be so, so, so um, defensively strong and and solid, even if their defenders aren't the best in the league. You, when you have someone like Rice in front of them and screening them the whole time, it's undeniable that they're, that they're not going to concede goals as often as they would. So yeah, definitely makes us in the league.
3: Yeah, next up, next to Rice, we have um, Thomas Party, who...
2: Through a little party in the centre. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, it, it, it was definitely a party for him because scoring his first goal for the club and a very well-taken header, I must add as well. And, listen, he offered a fantastic goal and also just bossed that midfield defensively. Again, like Ross, he, he was winning more duels than he was losing and just looked... I like, like his old South America Madrid where he just bosses midfield and shows that physical strength that he has and Definitely helped uh, Arsenal to the victory
1: Okay, and then uh, next in our midfield 4 uh, we, we've put Phil Foden in um, and That's because I wanted to go with a 3-3-4 formation and they told me that that doesn't exist so we've had to drop Foden back into the midfield uh, even though he did play more as a centre-forward in this game. But uh, nonetheless, he bossed the game, uh, really. In, a, in a, a stacked City team, he really was the outstanding player. Even with a really well-performing Brighton, he was just the best player on the pitch. He simply was. Uh, absolutely magnificent for him. He got a 9.3 rating, two goals and assist, And just for such a young player, it really is incredible to see. Um, and yeah,
0: just has to be included in the team. Okay, yeah, final the, uh, midfielder is Mount, and I think it's it's easy to see why. I mean, a hat-trick for, again, for someone who's, who's really, really young, and who, it, we, we keep talking about form, but, but that makes a big difference in the way that you choose players. Obviously, you wanna choose players who, are, who have a burst, who have a, an unusual vein of form in a particular game, but for someone like Mount, scoring a hat-trick doesn't come around often. And uh, Even though it was against Norwich, it doesn't matter. You, you slot those goals away. His first goal is really, really good. Really, 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 really well slotted. Um, right foot to the far left corner and i mean he just he just played well he was a really really good um pivot in that midfield everything went through him and then he was a lot of the reason why that they were able to get in and around that that defense and yeah, just really really solid so great performance from mountain good enough to get him team of the week
2: first in the attacking lineup we have um mo salah um you say more yeah, what? need you say more? You might as well just include him in every team. Yeah, I mean we've we, we talked a bit about him earlier on, and and all his goals and how incredible they were. Um, but I think um, I must say I think I have to. His his good performance was a result of an incredible uh, right wing and uh, an even better right back helping him getting into those positions and and just allowing him to do what he does best. Um, obviously, uh, Kater and Alexander uh, just pushing him through. And he scored his three goals, got one assist. Uh, and again, th- what else do we say about him? He was just an incredible performance. Um, weirdly enough, he actually had zero successful dribbles in oh, the sure. entire game. He didn't there need there. to. There he simply yeah, really walked to. past yeah. the difference <laughs> exactly. in space so well. <laughs> yeah.
3: There was no one in front of him to dribble past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for our striking option, we have Josh King, who... Third player of the weekend to score a wonderful hat trick.
1: Hat trick of hat tricks. Let's go.
3: <laughs> listen, he, he had he had four shots on. He only had four shots, all on target, and scored three of them. I mean, you can't ask for a, against a more, his former team. I mean, listen, what a what a Huge great way forwards. to come back against your your team that sold you to. You could say what, it's a lesser side, and he had a point to prove. Came back, scores a hat trick, and was just clinical the whole match. Just. Didn't step, step a foot wrong inside Everton's box.
1: Uh, okay, and then completing our attacking trio, um, <laughs> we've gone with uh, an, an inclusion I'm very excited about. It's it's Maxwell Cornet or Cornet, whatever you want to say. Um, the least Burnley signing ever, <laughs> and he's showing it to be honest because he has he has been absolutely ridiculous since they signed him. He's scraped them out of the mud, uh, and this isn't the first occasion, but it definitely is the best shining example. Um, He he got them back into the game with two stunning goals. He had an expected goal expected goals of less than one and he scored two which just proves how ridiculous the goals were that he scored as well Um, And just an interesting fact um, Not only on FIFA, but on almost every uh, site that I've checked. He's listed as a left-back And if anyone's playing him at left-back, I genuinely would be concerned Um, but yeah, no stunning performance Uh, kept Burnley in the game and uh, definitely deserves to be in the team of the week
0: yeah and finishing off with our manager I think it's very simple uh, to choose Klopp Uh, even though um, Tuchel managed to score 7 against Norwich it was definitely more of a feat to score 5 against United Um, and my biggest thing I think he had a plan and they used the plan, they did the plan well but I think he was very smart that he didn't get carried away you no, know, a lot of managers. I th- the the example I made earlier was if you had De- Diego Simeone in the same position, he would have been air humping the, the fans for twenty minutes after the game, and he would have <laughs> he would have probably spat on fucking Ali or something and like that, something stupid, you know. Whereas Klopp, he 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 scored, his team scored five, and then you could tell that he changed the tempo of the game. He wanted to preserve the team. He didn't want to. I don't. I don't think he he was trying to not embarrass United because that, that had already happened. That was long gone. Mm. But I think he was more respectful. You know, he, he understood that he understood the situation. He didn't overhype it. He didn't go crazy. Yes, he celebrated, but it wasn't over the top. You know, and the players weren't over the top either. There was no. There was no. There didn't seem like there was a lick of disrespect. And he was very respectful in the post uh, match interview and everything like that. So I think, in terms of of just being a good person. No, I know that sounds cheesy and a little bit fruity, but He's just, just, just being a good guy. And, and you know, in a position like that, it's so easy to get carried away, but he just didn't. So, yeah, Jurgen Klopp definitely taking it. Obviously a great performance as well. So. All right,
1: and that concludes the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, um, and we will see you in the next one. Uh, thank you guys so much for, for tuning in. Uh, please engage on the socials. Um, we really enjoyed doing this episode. Uh, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah. Cheers. Peace.
2: Cheers.